Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast. You're going to learn three key things out of this. One is not close, get closure. Really interesting thoughts on that. The second is remove overwhelm with automation. And the third one is don't do any follow-ups. That's right. No sales follow-ups. If you're a first-time listener, please subscribe. And if you're a regular, I love those reviews. Please take notes if you can, but there will be a summary within what app you're listening to, a more detailed summary within the website, which is paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And you can also get the full transcript as well. And before we go into the interview with Kevin Snow, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first one is Cloud Consultants Collective. It's a free Slack community for like-minded peers helping each other to scale. And it's really for people who are reselling technology or consulting around technology, whether it be Salesforce, Microsoft, Soho, those type of things. So you can just go to cloudconsultantscollective.com. The link will be in the show notes. The other one is SendSpark. So, you know, you're your best asset, right? So get more of that in front of your prospects. So SendSpark is a fantastic video tool that allows you to do that at scale, but it does allow some personalization. So um, it's a fantastic tool. I use it myself, highly recommend it. And if you go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash send spark, you'll get six months free. That's right, six months free. So today's guest is a co-host of a top 100. That's right, a top 100 Apple podcast called Growth Mode. He's the CEO of Time on Target. And he is a brilliant sales expert who is also a geek, as he proclaims in this interview. He's a geek with technology and really knows how to automate someone's business to help them grow. He's uh, got 20 years of experience that he's going to draw from to drop golden nuggets. He's worked for companies like Frontier Communications, Nextel, Salesforce, and BNI. And he also knows how to integrate technology with your sales process, but most importantly, in a really authentic professional way, which he talks more about. He's a part entrepreneur, part salesperson, part networker, part technology geek, and also a part sales Star Wars fan as well, which I think he might be more than part. To- anyway, we won't go there. So uh, what I'm going to do now is hand you over to Kevin Snow from timeontarget.com. Great to have you here, Kevin. Hey, it's great to be back, Paul. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a long time since we've spoken. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, and I'm so glad to have you here today. But why don't we kick off with uh, who are the clients that you love to help? So my favorite clients right now, uh, there's really two that I work with a lot. Uh, I still love doing stuff with tech companies. 
those founders, CEOs that have a really cool idea that they're building, uh, but they're not as confident in how to sell it and market it. I love going in and helping them actually build out that side of their business and figure out how to do that and tell their story effectively. So that's cool. I get to exercise my inner nerd a little bit with them. Uh, but then I also, I'm, I'm doing a ton of stuff with uh, coaches and consultants right now. And I, I'm loving working with them because they're all trying to have this massive impact on the world and they're trying to change stuff. And it's really cool because they're, they're just, you know, a ton of passion behind what they're doing. Uh, and it's really cool to be able to take that and try and funnel it and mold it into really good messaging and sales automation that actually helps them accomplish their goals. Right. Well, you've hit the sweet spot here. We've got lots of consultants and we've also got lots of people that are selling technology. So uh, you've hit, hit the number. And what are the key problems that uh, these people face? Uh, well, it's different. For the tech companies, it's usually they don't understand effectively how to message and how to take all the really cool things that they're building and talk about it in a way that the buyer enjoys and that they care about. You know, you think about all the tech people, uh, me included, we're all about cool things. We want bells and whistles. We want the features, you know, uh, a new Windows product comes out and we're reading down, oh, what are all the cool new things it can do? Uh, but that's not how the normal business buyer operates. They really want to understand, all right, so what's this thing going to mean for me? What's yeah. my impact going to be? You know, if I get this product, what is my end result? Where is it going to help me take my business? How is it going to help me take my business there? So for, for my tech companies, it's a lot of them translating the geek speak and all the features and bells and whistles into, into business owner speak and helping them understand how this product is going to help them. For my coaches and consultants, it's usually their big issues are overwhelmed. They have so much stuff going on. They're trying to scale a coaching or consulting business, uh, and they just can't do everything anymore. So for when I come into them, we're really working on process for them and finding ways to replicate stuff through automation to free up time so they can now add one more mastermind group or you know uh, talk to more people at once and not have to do all the, the manual labor between the meetings. So, you know, two different groups, both actively trying to scale and both really passionate, but completely different issues that they're facing. Yeah. And look, um, you know, to talk both about both quickly, I think the first one, uh, I see it all the time, um, you know, features, selling features rather than the result or the benefit, that, which, you know, is often the result. I say that so often. And um, now how, I don't know if you've got any examples or, you know, how do you turn that around? How do you turn it into something that's more results focused? Well, it's for them, it's usually understanding what the buyer's asking. And we really take them through the process of working with their clients and being able to map out what that purchasing cycle looks like. 
and for the for your corporate sales, that's really important so that you understand, you know, what questions is my buyer asking at each step of the way? And those are that's really going to drive what you need to be talking about and the type of content you're pushing out through automation or that you're building into your sales process, your actual in-person meetings, so that you are talking about the stuff that's important to them as opposed to what's important to me, the sales guy, with this really cool product. Because the two aren't always the same. Yeah. You know, for, for me, my big, when I was, I sold Nextel uh, in one of my previous lives. And my big turning point in sales was when I had that realization that instead of selling the, the walkie-talkie feature, uh, where it would always come down into price, you know, can I beat the price for the other carrier? I started actually figuring out their business problems and showing them how they could use the, the tech to actually run more jobs and to uh, you know allow their drivers or people out in the field to do more stuff during the day and to drive less and spend more time with clients and where they actually now are making money. And so we're actually facilitating growth. And it was a lot easier for me then to sell this product and actually charge them more than my competitors were because I was helping them make tens of thousands of dollars additional revenue a month. And it was now of value to them. And when I made that realization, that was the big light bulb for me. It's like, oh, all right, I need to sell a solution yes. and that my product happens to be able to do. Yeah. So in that area in today's world, like, you know, we talk about all these fantastic, um, I heard on a podcast recently, it's, you know, it's sales tech, not MarTech anymore. Like sales has got its own, you know, specific um, tech stack now, which it has, you know, there's been a, such a proliferation of uh, things. What 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 tools do you know that can help find out more about the problems that the the uh, the, the buyers got, or you know, because because uh, you know, yes, you used to be able to sit in front of people and you know observe that or ask that. You know, that's getting harder and harder now. Like, is there any technology you know that expedites that learning phase? So. There's all kinds of different survey tools that you can use to that's going to get you some of that basic information. Uh, you, you need to do a little uh, di- a deep dive into how to write a survey effectively so that you actually get good data from it and you're not leading on with questions. I read one the other day from uh, it was a political campaign. I'm like, well, these aren't leading questions at all. <laughs> so this is the worst survey I've ever read in my life. Uh, but so those are there. But I still think the best way, you know, what we always do with clients, is we actually will bring in clients. We'll bring in their clients and actually still do the talking and ask questions uh, and let them share. Because you're going to get a ton more information out of that conversation than any of those types of uh, surveys. You know, you can collect surveys, you can collect data points on what pages your clients are actually visiting. You can, you know, cookies are still out there, but that's getting harder because people are getting smarter and turning them off and not not accepting them. Um, So the conversation is still the best piece. And it it has the added benefit for for my clients where they're now able to build that relationship with that customer even more, because now, you know, instead of trying to sell something, you know, every time a salesperson calls me, it's to sell me stuff. But if they call me and say, Hey, we want to ask you a bunch of questions. We'd love to get your feedback on how we sell and our process and our product and help us form our roadmap going forward. Hey, can we buy you lunch 
uh, next week. Like, yes, definitely. And now you get to have that real adult conversation that builds a relationship. So I, I encourage everyone to actually ask the questions, just pick up and call and figure out what you're trying to do and ask them about it. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one of the the powers of, you know, I work for the Coke company and one of the powers of the Coke company is that when, so the CEO of, or the president of Coke Global would come to our marketplace, you would go out and talk to end uh, customers for us, which is, you know, equivalent to consumers for a lot of tech companies. We would go out and, you know, talk and meet, you know, mum and pop stores we would meet you know everything and then we go and have the board meeting and talk about what the you know the next 20 year vision is but we always stay close to the customer and i think with technology what you've highlighted is a really good point that often we don't so you know i think you know one of the things which you brought up beautifully is you know don't just go to the customer go to their customer right? Find out what yep. their customer problems are and then how you solve those and the solutions for that and then go to the to the, to the the uh, person you're working with. I think that's a, it's a brilliant idea. And as far as consultants, you know, you talk about process automation uh, and, and overwhelm, you know, what, what are some of the practical things you can do to, to improve that? Because I know, you know, once again, people talk a lot about automation and then, you know, the Zapier and that gets complicated. You get areas and, you know, like it all seems too hard. Like how do you simplify that? So we'll usually pick one or two things to automate that's going to have some immediate effect. So what happens usually when I'm meeting with a new client and they want to do automation, they really have some cool, grandiose visions of what they want to do. And it's usually like multiple campaigns and it's going to be this huge, big thing with a lot of interactivity and it's awesome, but it takes a while to build. And most small businesses, because they'll try and do it on themselves. Most of my clients that I work with have done it on their own and they're like, I just, I screw this up. I've broken it. Can you, can you just fix it? Cause I've realized that I can't do it. Yes. Uh, so then I have to come in and fix it. And it's usually because they started too big. So when we start with a client, we'll find something right away that we can automate. And it's usually their sales process, especially for a, a coach or a consultant. It's like, all right, so let's w- walk you through my pro- your process. And I map it out and I figure out all the key things that they do each step. And I'm like, all right, we're going to do an automated email here. We're going to do task reminders for you here. Uh, We automate updating your CRM based on you completing stuff. So you now don't have to like go in and type in as much stuff. And it's just the goal is to have an immediate impact on their life where they've gotten rid of some tasks. So like, oh, my God, I have an extra hour a day that I can do stuff. This is awesome. Um, But then they're also we're pushing out good content to their prospects at the right time so that they're getting the questions answered when they're thinking about it. And they're like, Oh my God, how'd you know I was asked answering this question or I was asked thinking about this question. This is awesome. And it, it leaves that good taste in their mouth. So, you know, that's the key for small businesses. Start with one thing, yeah, you know, figure that's... out the one, one thing that is causing you pain and heartburn and automate that. And just with emails, right? Because um... yeah, I know there's two schools of thought. One school is, you know, you never have in a sales process an unsubscribe email sent. And then the other is, you know, so what's what's your view on that? I can tell by your face what the answer is. But anyway. Keep I, so the, the, the funny thing is most people will not recognize that it is is an unsubscribable email. We have, for so for my business partner, we have a Facebook group. And every time someone joins the group, 
there is an automation that runs through our email, sending them a series of welcome emails saying, hey, welcome to the group. Here's the rules. If you break them, we're going to kick you out, blah, blah, blah. Well, the second email, and these are all automated. No, we don't send these out manually ever. The second email starts with, uh, the subject line is, oh my God, I'm a ASS. I'm so sorry. It's like our number one most opened email. Uh, And then it goes in there, you know, I'm so sorry. I was so excited for you to be a member. I was telling you all this stuff and I completely forgot to introduce myself. Hi, my name's Donnie. And it gives you, like, here's four things about me that you probably wouldn't know. And then at the end, we ask them a question. And we get on a weekly basis, people replying to it saying, oh, my God, Donnie, you're, you're not an ass. I didn't think that at all. You know, I, I love the, this, the emails. And Donnie and I laugh every week, like, there's a big, giant unsubscribe button at the bottom. How do you not, how do you miss a thing? It's like sent by Entreport. If you don't want to get any more emails from us, that's okay. We're going to be sorry. We're going to be sad, but click here. Uh, so people don't actually understand that. They might know it, but then they read it and then they still hit reply. Yeah. And so it's that's all, all how you, all how you format it. If you do the big pictures, HTML background stuff, oh, well, yep, newsletter. But if you format it so it looks like a normal email, and throw in some personalization. Hey, Paul, it's Kevin, blah, blah, blah. People will read it like that type of email. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, some people say, well, what happens if I get the sequence wrong or whatever? I'm like, well, pe- people, it happens to them all the time, right? It's not the worst thing in the world, right? Like there's far, we've got Ukraine at the moment, you know, we're in 2022, you know, that's, that's a disaster out of 10, like, you know, sending someone the wrong email out of sequence <laughs> is like, you know, it's not even um, above one. And what about tasks? So what are some examples of some of the tasks that you can automate? You said in your sales program, you're doing them. What are, what are some yep. examples? So I worked with a roofing company and we automated their sales process. So after that first uh, first meeting, the key task for that sales guy was to come back from the house and to put together the pricing and send them the pricing proposal. So, you know, he'd mark that um, meeting complete in an entreport, uh, make some notes, and then it would set up a task in his to-do list to do pricing. And then the contact would sit in the campaign until that was done. And then once it was done, then we would send them additional content. So those tasks, I use them to make sure that there's that human piece in the sales process yet, which yeah. is really key. And you're not getting content to the buyer before they're at the stage where they're ready to get that information. So it's a great way to make sure that your automation is flowing in sync with how your sales team is operating. Yeah, great. And, and look, when I did some research uh, I came across the statement, uh, not close, get closure. What do you mean by that? So I I hate the fact that most salespeople are trying to get to the big yes. They want to get to a yes or a no, which is awesome. But that usually means you're going to rush through the cycle. You're going to rush through the process. You're going to get ahead of where your buyer's at. So we teach everyone to go for closure, not for the close. And by that, we, we teach everyone that sales is just a conversation with an outcome. So you think about whatever we talk to our friends, you know, whether it's uh, texting or we're on the phone with them. When we get done with the conversation, there's always a, hey, all right, so I'm going to call, I'll call you on Saturday. 
or I'll check on tickets and I'll, we'll go do this. There's always that next step in the relationship. And that's the way sales needs to be. You, When I get done with a sales conversation, there is always a next step. Either the, both of us have to do something or we've gotten to the point where I'm like, well, if it's not a yes, then it's a no, because I don't chase. And we have that conversation, but there's always an outcome and it's always built to move the, the relationship forward. Yeah. And what do you mean by you don't chase? So I am, I, I am horrible at follow-up. So I've just built my sales process around not having to follow up. So I am all about one call closing. And I do that with digital marketing all the time. And I have a lot of friends like you, you one call close digital marketing. I'm like, yes, it's super easy to do if you know how to do it. So I don't follow up because I hate that whole, all right. So, you know, you told me to give you a call on Tuesday. Are you ready to buy now? It's like, well, call me back. And then you get in this never ending routine and it's just horrible. And it's, it, it makes your pipeline overinflated. So I want specific outcomes. When I get to the end of a meeting, we're at the close, there needs to be, all right, so you have to do something and I have to do something to keep this relationship moving and for me not to mark you as a no. And then if you don't do it by a certain time, I get permission to call you and say, hey, what the heck, you were going to do this by now and you haven't. So even with like proposals, I will not do proposals uh, unless we've already set the meeting where I'm going to talk about that proposal with you. Yes. If, if you won't set that meeting, I won't give you a proposal Yeah, because that's now just a stall tactic. So yeah. there's got to be that outcome and where we can come to an agreement. Right. So, and, so, the, so when you say uh, one call close, it's not maybe closing the end deal. It's just getting the key next step for – so there may be calls after that, but it's, you know, you, you want the key action that they're going to take. So eighty percent of my sales calls right now, I have a yes at the end of them now. Right. So I don't because I do a ton of stuff with referrals. So I will. My sales process looks like this: I meet with the client, and it's all about them. So I get them to telling me all their story, all kinds of information about how things are working, what's the pain they're feeling, what's the impact it's having on their ability to do business their life, all that stuff. So that I get them to bear their soul. And then I spend a the next part of the meeting is all teaching. Yeah. And I will just unload, hey, here's, all right, so here's what we can do. And I actually give them solutions that they can literally write down. If they want to go copy it, they can go copy it. But I give them a ton of stuff. So at the end of the meeting, I'm like, oh my God, that is awesome. How, when can we start? And that is how I sell now. I'm going through during the, the part where they're telling their story. I'm trying to figure out where they fit in my product line. Yeah. You know, are they at my $3,000 a month retainer level? Are they at my $1,500 a month or are they a one-time project guy? Yeah. And trying to do that qualifying. So then when I pitch, when I doing the teaching and showing them how they can do stuff and make it better and they're talking about the results, I'm talking about where they're already at and where they're comfortable and so it's an easy yes for them. And that's when I might make sure they understand. It's like, I'm not going to chase you. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, 
I'm, if you in the future decide you want to work with me and you don't say yes today, that's cool. Call me back and we, we can talk, but you know, I'm not going to follow up with you every three days, hoping you say yes. Yeah. And, and do um, you put them on your, are they already on your email list? Like, yep. yeah. So, and I have, and I have some automation that goes out. So there are times where if I'm working mm-hmm. with a bigger company, I might have to do a proposal or I might have to do a second call and bring in another person to talk. Uh, but most of my businesses, I meet with the owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they can make a decision and I'm going to press them to be an owner and make a decision. And, and what about, um, so I love the getting about them. I always start with that as well because it was uh, a, um, a little embarrassing story, but I always collect partners' names, children, et cetera, and yep. use it, right? And 12 months later, I sent a guy a note and he oh. came back and said, I can't believe you left my, remember my wife's name, but unfortunately, we're now <laughs> d- divorced. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. oh. Uh, and, I'm and sorry. He said, he said, I hope you're in better situation. And I'd sent back saying, I'm married to a Sicilian, marriage or death. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, where I was going with that, like, do you send them any questions in the schedule or whatever beforehand to fill out on any information about their business or is it just straight into the, to the, the call? I always start with a really, really open-ended question is tell me your story. Yeah. And I want them to, cause then I get to see where they take it. Uh, I was just on this kind con- this chat string on LinkedIn. Someone was complaining. They had just gone through a job interview and the interviewer started off with, all right, so tell me about yourself. And they was like, well, that's why I have a CV. I'm like, no, that's no. not why you have your resume. Uh, yeah. Here's why we ask that. Yeah. Uh, having done and that's a few why thousand you're of these. and haven't got a job. Yeah, that is, <laughs> is. And then you copped attitude about it. And that's why they're like, oh, thank you for your time. And you, you left 15 minutes later. So, but I like telling, having people tell me their story because then they really just, they get to take it where they want. And I get to hear some really cool things about them that I might not have heard before if I just start asking really pointed questions. And I've learned over time to figure, to integrate my questions when I hear something that's a trigger for it in the conversation. So I'm like, they say something about their business. Oh, really? All right. That's really cool. Tell me about that. And now they get to expand on that. And I'm furiously scribbling things down and coming up with ideas for how we can automate stuff. Um, And really I'm getting them to talk about the, the big stuff I try and get them to talk about is, you know, the impact on their life and their business that fit how things are going now, what it's causing for them. You know, it, we're not able to hire people and we, you know, we're having, we can't keep our salespeople or, you know, whatever that issue is and how it's causing their business to stagnate uh, or their personal life because they're working all the time and they take work home. I want to hear that stuff. Yes. Because then I can dig into what's actually going on in the day-to-day stuff and then say, all right, what would it mean if we could actually cause you to have a couple hours at night that you play with your kids? And I can start asking those questions. So they now visualize it and say, all right, so here's how we're going to do it. Yes. And then I can lay out my picture and my I can scribble what a, a automation could look like. They're like, oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah, That's amazing. And then I can say, all right, awesome. When do you want to start? Yeah, so right. you know, right. this level of service is this, when are we starting? Yeah. Do you want to start Monday? And then, you know, that's, that's my close. I don't do any of the, 
the Ben Franklin or the takeaway clothes, or, you know, if, if you, if you buy by the end of the month, we're going to do this. I think that's so hokey. Yeah. Um, and it's not how you should sell in business. Yeah. And look, you know, definitely uh, look, hundred percent agree. Right. And um, it's something that we do as well. And, and I do think that, you know, um, one of the benefits of running a business like what you and I have is you do normally talk to the owner, right? And yep. and the owner have got has got you know one life, and the business is trying to fund the the real life, and yep. you know it's all integrated. So I think that's a, a perfect way of doing it. You know, it's sometimes it can be a little different for enterprise, and I'm glad I don't. Uh, work with enterprise anymore but if you do you know there's still a human there right there's still a person and uh, the last thing i want to talk about before we go into the deep dive is around linkedin do you do anything on linkedin what's working what's not working really interesting to see i actually don't do a ton on linkedin i do a ton of prospecting on facebook right so i live in facebook groups and so I will find uh, Facebook groups that have my target audience in them, yeah. uh, usually for focus on other parts of the business or, you know, just general business scaling groups with, for my, my target. And I use those as my hunting ground, but I don't do it like everyone else does it where someone asks a question and they're like, oh, yeah, we totally can help you with that. Let's jump yeah, on a Zoom just call. DM me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> DM me and we'll jump on a call. I'm like, oh, you're not going to get pitched at all in those. So I when someone asks a question that I'm an expert in and I can give answers, yeah. I'll drop a wall of text. You know, that and that's how I found my business partner now for success champions. He posted in a vet group that he was frustrated with MailChimp because he broke it. He doesn't know how to fix it. And he was just super frustrated. And everyone was like sharks to chum. It's like, oh yeah, let's jump on a DM or you know, jump on Zoom call. And I'm like, all right, here's the five things you need to look at. And I gave them all the answers. Yes. And he literally is DM me. It's like, hey, that was freaking awesome. Can we get on a call? I'm like, yeah, totally. So I've got on the call with him. And the first thing I said is like, I don't do MailChimp. Because it's dumb and it sucks. I use these other programs, but I'll totally tell you everything I know uh, and hope and wish you all the best. So I gave him this, all the answers. And he's like, this is great. And he went back and implemented them. And like two months later, he messaged me again. It's like, I broke it again. How do I hire you? And we can put it all on your stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and that's how I do it. My goal in these groups is to create conversations. Yeah. And to drop information and get people to say, oh, that was awesome. You know, what about this? And now we're having this big chat. Yeah. And if the OP, the the, the poster actually messages me and reaches out and says, let's, let's jump on a call. Awesome. But I'm trying to get all the lurkers, yeah. all the people that read that. They're like, oh, my God, I'm having this issue, too. So they like it and they follow it. And now they want the answer. Yeah, and, and those and, are the people that when I get the message saying, "Hey, I saw the answer you did on Paul's post about email. That was that was freaking great. Can can you jump on a call? Because I have a lot, bunch more questions. Oh, hell yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Here's my calendar link. Pick a time that works. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I never ask for the DM yes. unless we've gotten really deep in the conversation. We're starting to get really technical, and we're like, "Hey, we're about to get really technical. Can we jump on a call? And I'll give you all the answers." I, but I want them to do the asking. Normally, I will wait for them to say, hey, can, can I DM you or can we jump on Zoom? Uh, because now I have permission to sell to them. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's brilliant. And, 
And is that predominantly coaches and consultants, or are you also finding your tech clients there as oh, well? Oh, I get a ton of tech clients from there. I've okay. done uh, cold email and uh, permissive email stuff in Canada, uh, Australia. I've done stuff all over the world from those groups. So, yeah, great. Brilliant. All right. Well, uh, are you ready for the deep dive? Short, sure. Short, sharp answers, Ooh. right? So we can short uh, answers. Let, I will try. Yeah, we can let <laughs> you uh, continue your ride. Your, your cycle, whatever you're doing at the moment. But remember, we're talking to Kevin Snow from time-on-target.com. So let's go. Uh, what are uh, some daily sales habits, other than what you've mentioned, that you do to accelerate your sales? All right. So my reach outs are a daily thing. So 20 minutes every morning, 20 reach outs. And those can be messages on LinkedIn. Uh, it can be posting in a group on Facebook, replying to someone's posts on Facebook. But I do 20 minutes a day. My goal is 20 reach outs each day, and then I'm done. And then right. I can go on with the rest of my world. Brilliant. And you talked about Entreport. Uh, what other technology do you use to accelerate sales? So Entreport is my big automation tool, uh, does all my billing, all my automations. But then I also, I Calendly, I have like 20 different types of meeting types in Calendly that I use for different stuff. So that's huge. Um, I have a CRM. Actually, I have like three CRMs, but it's usually because I'm testing them and playing with them yeah, yeah. to see which ones I like. Uh, so those are huge. What's your preferred one at the moment? Uh, right now, uh, I, I, I have a couple. Uh, Zoho is really awesome because I love their uh, flexibility in reporting. Yep. And you can really do a ton of custom reporting for people, which is awesome for my numbers-based clients who love that type of stuff. Uh, and then Pipedrive is also one of my favorites because it's super easy for the users to use. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So, uh, and for you, you've talked about Facebook groups, but what's another source of uh, leads for you for your, your business? Oh, I do a ton of referrals. So that the bulk of my clients come refer, from referrals right now. And that's really from, you know, the, the, the outreach I do. And I, when I meet people in a referral setting, I do the exact same thing as I do on the Facebook groups and I answer their problems and I get, I share, I, I overshare content yeah. and everyone's like, Oh my God, how can you do that? Uh, you're giving away all your secret sauce. I'm like, if they can apply it, awesome. That means they're not my client. Yeah. They weren't a good fit. If they're DIYer, they're not for me. I want yeah. people like, oh, that's awesome. But that sounds like way too much time for me. How much have you just do it? So. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Beautiful. And the last one, the big one at the end. So what's one action we can take from today to 10XS sales? Understand the one action you need to do is understand how your clients make a decision. Most people jump into this uh, the sales thing and think everyone decides the same way. Uh, and your different target markets are going to make decisions differently. Uh, and depending on the size of your business, it's going to adjust as well. If you go into an enterprise type sale, there's going to be multiple people that are involved and you need to know the dynamics. So, and I've, I screwed that up so many times when I was in enterprise sales at the beginning, because I didn't understand the politics of how that decision ma was made. And I didn't understand who actually made a decision, even though they didn't have the money. Uh, so you got to understand upfront how your clients make decisions so that you can be doing the right things. If you get too far ahead of them and you're pushing the close when they're still at the deliberation stages, 
you're going to you're going to scare them away. So that is the number one thing you got to do is understand your buyers. Yeah, brilliant. Well, look, uh, you've given so much value here. Like you said, you give so much value uh, across Facebook and referrals and wherever else people uh, interact with you. And you've also given something here for everyone uh, watching or listening now. So uh, if you go to um, now, is it to plus plus one six one two four two nine. 4298. Now, most of you won't get that right, but in the links and in the note part of where you're listening or watching this at the moment, we'll have that number, right? But the yep. most important thing is you'll get an awesome guide on the buying process and also um, specific content to help with each step in the sales process. So uh, yep. uh, go and grab that off, uh, Kevin, and, um, and also... Uh, give him a shout out, right? Give him a shout out once you've got that and uh, tell him what you've done with it and, and how you've used it. But Kevin, absolute joy having you on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. For your listeners, uh, they need to text two words to that number. They got to text the word sell smarter. That way my automation knows what they're looking for and I'll uh, send them the right stuff. Perfect. So. Yes. So send that to uh, send those two words to me and I will send out that guide. So, but thank you so much for having me on, Paul. It's, it was another awesome conversation. And uh, for you listeners, if you all got any value out of this, find one person that you can introduce to Paul and his podcast and teach them how to listen to it and help them get it on their favorites so that they can listen to it every week too. Brilliant. Well said. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. Yep. Thanks, Paul. Have a great rest of your week. That was a great interview with Kevin. And I really loved a couple of key things that he said. One was around results, not features. And to be honest, I've been very guilty of that, especially when I used to do demos of software. There was nothing worse than showing around the features and not really uh, working out what they wanted to solve and do that in the quickest way possible. The second is don't chase. I love his thing to get to a hell yes at the end of a sales call. And if not, it's a no. And the second, uh, sorry, the third thing is around Facebook groups and what he does there to, to gain clients. And, um, you know, share the learnings, as I said in the podcast, what you've learned, you know, just share it with uh, Kevin and thank him. You can uh, do that on uh, LinkedIn is probably the most preferred way of doing it. And you can find out more on uh, time-on-target.com. The links will be in the show notes and uh, everything else that we've mentioned will be in the show notes. Once again, you can get notes here on wherever you look, um, listening to it. You can get more detailed notes. And I've got to say, shout out to my team. They do a brilliant job. So that's at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And you can also get the full transcript. I'll put my teeth back in as well. And, um, you know, why don't you share it with one, 10, how many people you want to share it with? You know, they'll love you. They'll think you're a rock star. And it's no use keeping gold like this to yourself and, um, you know, help them accelerate their sales. Uh, check out our solo shows and also our free Slack community, which is cloudconsultantscollective.com. Next week, the guest is going to be Yvonne Herman, and it's going to be on business efficiency and my favorite project management platform, which is ClickUp. As always, please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, 
learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.